It's like holding an ice cube. So when you when you have an emotion, especially a negative emotion, what happens is it's like holding onto an ice cube and you're clenching your fist around it. And the ice cube has melted, but you're still clenching your fist. So what happens with this is we don't let go of the emotion, both good and bad, because people don't want to let go of quote unquote good emotions. And then they cling on to quote unquote bad emotions. Hello and welcome back to A Sharper Life. I'm your host, Nikki Sharp, a two-time best-selling author, wellness expert, transformation coach, and I am absolutely thrilled to be here talking to you today. So this is going to be a little bit of a different episode in the sense that I have various things that I want to talk to you about and give you tips, but I'm also going to do a little bit of the stream of consciousness, which is my favorite thing to do and just kind of allow myself to channel or download whatever wants to come out. And the reason that I want to do that today is we are talking about vulnerability and vulnerability is something that I have come to realize it is a trait and a skill that I would say 99% of people do not know how to do. And you typically, if you're not being vulnerable, you also don't know how it is negatively affecting your life. But the good news is I'm going to be sharing a ton of different tips and information on how to become more vulnerable and the ways in which it will transform your life. Now, I really have become interested in this topic because in my program, the Ultimate Transformation Program, we talk about the magic pills. And the magic pills are vulnerability and authenticity. And I share it over and over and over throughout this four-month program that if you can learn to become vulnerable and authentic, your life will dramatically change. Now, if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Everyone would be authentically themselves and we would not have a fear of judgment from others or rejection. And so we're going to be kind of taking a little bit of a dive in some different levels here. But I really want you just to hold this true in your mind right now that the magic pills to transformation is vulnerability and authenticity. And so we're going to go into what exactly those mean. Now, I wanted to cite the work of Dr. Brene Brown. She is incredible. If you haven't seen her Netflix uh, special, I highly, highly recommend it. So she is an author and research professor at the University of Houston, and she has spent over two decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy. And in her book, Daring Greatly, she actually defines vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And through her research, she actually found two very powerful, yet very opposing takeaways about vulnerability. So number one is that vulnerability is at the core of shame, fear, and the struggle of worthiness. So I'm going to read that again. Vulnerability is at the core of shame, fear, and the struggle of worthiness. And number two, vulnerability is at the birthplace of joy, creativity, and belonging. And so I want you to reflect on your own life right now. How vulnerable are you in your relationships? How vulnerable are you with your parents? How vulnerable are you with your partner? And let's go a level deeper. 
how vulnerable are you with yourself? Because vulnerability starts with ourself. Vulnerability starts with being able to connect with yourself, your emotions, and what is going on in your life. Now, why are people not vulnerable? Because it is easier to metaphorically push things under the rug because we don't want to deal with them because they're uncomfortable, because they bring up feelings of shame, of unworthiness. They bring up feelings of fear that we're going to be judged. And I wanted to read you a quote from Dr. Daniel Block, who is a psychiatrist. And he said that the inability or unwillingness to be vulnerable in important relationships creates a limit on how much those relationships can evolve and deepen. Vulnerability requires a sense of emotional safety and trust in the other person. Not being vulnerable hampers the development of intimacy in relationships. And so with this, vulnerability has the opportunity when you are vulnerable, it has the opportunity to create the most nourishing, deep, wonderful relationships that you will ever experience in your life. And on the opposite end, it becomes an intimacy block. And when we have an intimacy block, we literally hold people at arm's distance because we are too afraid to share ourselves. And so I'm going to repeat this a few times throughout it, but vulnerability really is about getting to know yourself first. And that starts with being authentic with yourself. But we're going to come back to that and talk about it. So why are we not vulnerable? Why are we not vulnerable? Again, if it was so easy, everyone would be doing it. But vulnerability, as I mentioned, and as Brene Brown talks about, is that it's the fear of being judged. It's the fear of not being good enough, not being worthy enough. And this really means that you are not confident or comfortable within yourself. And so you tend to look to others for their approval. So now we're going to add in another layer. If you are not vulnerable, I can already guarantee that there is a level of people pleasing that you do in your life. And there is a level of expectations on how other people should act. And what I have come to learn through my life and working with clients is that when you are not vulnerable, starting with yourself and then with a partner, sharing your feelings, sharing you know those intimate sides of yourself, when you do not do this... It, as I mentioned, it creates this intimacy block and the other person starts to question and almost go crazy of what's what's my partner? What's you know my colleague thinking or doing or was it good enough? And so there's it becomes this misalignment because we're all guessing if you're not vulnerable to, let's just say, a partner, your partner is left wondering and guessing what's really going on. Right? Let's say you have a bad day at work and instead of telling your partner that you've had a bad day at work and you're really scared about your business or finances or whatever it might be, and you just shut down. Right? So you just shut down. Well, your partner is then going to wonder, was it me? Did I do something? And if your partner's leaning in and trying to talk and you're holding them at, at arm's distance, the relationship will fail. And when I say fail, some people, a lot of people do not get divorces. They stay in relationships essentially when it's broken. 
And that's because we're so afraid of what will be. We're afraid of society judging us. We're afraid of X, Y, Z. It's why we stay in in jobs when we don't like those that we work with. But I'm going to give you some tips on how to be vulnerable. But this is the thing that vulnerability has the ability to create connection and deepen this level of feeling seen. And so we as human beings, we all want to know that we are worthy. We all want to know that we're good enough. We want to know that we are loved. And at the core of that, we want to know that we are liked exactly as we are. But the problem is that when you are not vulnerable, you are putting on different masks. And so you put on these different masks for different people, meaning that you're not actually comfortable within yourself and who you are, because you're afraid that if you show the real you, i.e. vulnerability, someone's not going to like you. And then what's the fear behind the fear of if someone doesn't like me? Well, it means I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And so we start to just add on all of these different layers. Now, when we talk about vulnerability as kids, if you have kids or you've ever been around them up into a certain age, kids are vulnerable. They are open. They fall over and they just start crying, right? Or they get beat up and they might say something to their parents. Or, or when I say beat up, it could be emotionally you know, bullied at school. But kids will tell you when they're hungry or they'll start crying because they're hungry or tired. So children up until a certain age are so much more vulnerable than we are as adults. And they don't have this like prevalence of the filter because their mind hasn't kicked in with all of these experiences of, okay, if I cry, you know, someone's going to judge me. Now we might, you might have, I know that I, I definitely went through this, not just with parents, but you know, with friends of, we hear things like, don't do that in public. Don't cry in public, right? Don't raise your voice in public or be a good girl, be a good boy. And you may have also heard things such as like, be strong if you're going through a challenging time or a breakup or you got this. All of those essentially put a block to vulnerability because we are saying, don't be the person that you're being right now. And so that starts happening at a very, very young age. And then we go into the workforce and it's, okay, I want my colleagues to like me. Then we go into relationships and we put on these different masks because we want this person to like me. And will they not like me if I don't put this mask on? And so this starts to diminish the openness to share our feelings. And so at the core of vulnerability is sharing your feelings. And we're going to come back to that because this is such an important thing within vulnerability. So the other interesting thing is vulnerability can actually manifest itself in your physical body as physical reactions. And you might become vulnerable and feel like your muscles tense up or get a pit in your stomach, or it might, you know, you, you're breath might start to quicken if you're sharing your thoughts or emotions or even needs. And you may feel your nervous system literally freezes. And I know in a conversation I had with my husband and we were talking about emotional vulnerability and, and triggers because we all get triggered, by the way, we were talking about something and, and he had said, my, my nervous system shut down. I froze and it was almost like I left my body. And I, I had so much compassion and empathy because I know what that feels like. It's scary. 
But the thing is, when we're not vulnerable in that moment, it then creates that intimacy block. And then the other person might not even know that they did something that triggered someone else. So again, there's it's complex and there's a lot of different layers, but it might feel when you're being vulnerable, it might feel like you're actually losing a part of yourself. And that's why I wanted to share what my husband had said, because it's so powerful to really think about that of, I almost left my body. That's the same as kind of quote unquote, losing a part of yourself. And the reason that that happens is because it is associated with what will people think right? What will people think about me in this moment? And it it was, again, I have so much compassion for my husband in this moment because it's, that's not his conscious mind thinking, oh my God, what are people going to think? That's really the, the ego that is protecting and controlling or what I call the Siamese twin. And that's where we have our trauma starts to inform our decisions. And so that's why it's also really important to be doing some essence of spiritual work, of self-work, self-development, self-growth, because we need to understand what our trauma responses are. Because if you're having that fight or flight freeze, you know, or freeze in that moment of being vulnerable, that is a trauma response from something that happened. And something I love about in UTP, the Ultimate Transformation Program, is that we go into those depths. And we really start to peel back these layers to understand why did this become this way? And what is that belief from? And then we literally pluck these weeds or fears or limiting beliefs because they're not serving you. And the trauma is not helping you get to where you want to go. So let's kind of take a little turn here and reasons why you might not be vulnerable in your life. Because it's, as I said, if it was this easy, we'd all be vulnerable. And we all want deep connection and intimate relationships. But again, it's hard. It's scary because we don't want to be judged or not liked. And I'll tell you a few stories about myself. So so bear with me here. But reasons why you might not be vulnerable. And again, starting with yourself and then with other people. So as I list these, I want you to think about which ones do you currently do? And how is it making you feel? So number one is you are seeking perfection. So vulnerability is the antithesis of perfection. When we seek perfection, we stop being vulnerable because vulnerability comes from at the core essence of emotions and being okay to experience the breadth of emotions that we have in this human world. And so when we seek perfection, it's saying everything needs to be good. Everything needs to be good. And if it's not good, I have discomfort. And if I have discomfort or uncomfortable feelings, I'm going to shut down. I don't know what to do with those. And this is a, a trauma response that so many people go through. So are you someone that seeks perfection in your life? And I want you to think about if that's you, how often are you being vulnerable about your real true feelings? And when I say perfection, this could be in your relationships. This could be with your own body, with the number on a scale, with how you look, with, you know, your intimate partner, with your kids. So number two is that you are afraid of negative emotions. Negative emotions, again, will not allow you to be vulnerable if you're afraid of them. And what what I found so interesting in, in the journey of myself, of getting to know who Nikki Sharp is, 
I really learned that in the past, one, I was always seeking perfection in everything. And that was not getting me any closer to where I wanted to be. But I realized that I was afraid of feeling sad and lonely or angry or anxious or overwhelmed. I was, I was afraid of these. And so because I was afraid of them, because I associated these with quote unquote bad, right? A, a quote unquote negative emotion is bad. Well, then what do we do if we're trying to escape something that doesn't feel good? We go to pleasure. And so as humans, we are always chasing two things, or we're always chasing pleasure and we're always trying to escape pain. And so when we are escaping pain, we immediately seek pleasure. So if you are feeling an uncomfortable feeling, right? Discomfort, overwhelm, whatever it might be, well, we numb and we distract. And I want you to ask yourself, how often do you do this? Do you numb and distract from feeling discomfort? And so this is a big reason why people are not vulnerable because you are afraid of quote unquote negative emotions. But here's the cool thing. If you start to allow yourself to feel them, you'll realize that feeling uncomfortable is not such a bad thing. And it's a concept that we talk about in UTP a lot of sits which is sitting in the shit. And sitting in the shit means I am feeling an uncomfortable emotion right now. And I'm just going to allow it to be. And I will share with you right now that I have been sitting in the shit for quite some time. And rather than running away from it and all these uncomfortable feelings, I'm leaning in. So the, the way to move through this of you're afraid of negative emotions is you actually have to lean into them. And this is where I think journaling comes in just tremendously. So just to literally ask yourself, how am I feeling today? But we'll, we'll get to more specific tips on this. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention about perfection is I used to be a perfectionist. And I can tell you, I didn't start this podcast for years because I wanted the right title or name. I wanted it to be the right XYZ, the right this, the right that. And something that I have learned within this podcast is I record and then I publish it. I don't edit it. I don't take out ums and uhs. And I've done that specifically because I am a recovering perfectionist. And my life is leaps and bounds better now that I, I'm not trying to seek perfection because I accept everything as it is. And that's part of the the vulnerability is accepting things as they are, because what happens is we try to control. So perfection is a need of control. If you're trying to control, that means it's actually based on fear in your life. So number three on this is that you don't ask for what you need or you don't set boundaries. So is this you that you are not able to set boundaries? And I want to give an example um, of me and my husband. When we first met, he had told me that he had a boundary that on Monday and Tuesday nights, he was going to work late because those were the busy days. And you know he was going to be done around 8 p.m. And I said, perfect. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Because now I know that's the boundary. And if I try to push the boundary, that's up to him, right? If he's going to let that slide, but it's also up to me to respect it. And so why do we not set boundaries? Well, because again, we're afraid of what people might think or say. Why do you not ask for what you need or share your feelings? Again, because you think you might get judged. And if you think this, that you're getting judged, it means that you, at the end of the day, are going to think that that person is rejecting you or doesn't like you. 
And I can tell you with absolute certainty that when you share your needs and desires coming from a place of vulnerability, it is magic because people will respect you and lean on you and love you. But if you don't and you're unable to, or you let your boundaries waver, it also confuses the other person. So number four on this is that you keep people at arm's length. And I want you to think about your deepest relationships right now. Do you share your innermost feelings, right? When you have a really good day, do you share how joyful you are? Or are you scared to celebrate your success? Do you share when you have a bad day and you're feeling really scared about your finances? And do you share your fears with people? Do you share your desires? Because when I work with clients in UTP, so many women come in and they are too afraid to even put it out that they want to make you know a certain amount of money or that they want this one position or they want to open their own business or they want this in a relationship. Right. So that means that you're not even being vulnerable with yourself, let alone you're not going to do that with a partner. Or are you keeping your conversations with people more surface level? And when we keep things surface level, stuff starts to boil and pile up because you're you're pushing it behind the carpet, your feelings, and eventually you're going to trip up over it. Right. And so I, I, when I say the carpet, it's like, I want you to actually picture a carpet in your living room. And every time that you have an emotion, right. One that you quote unquote, don't want to have that you just put that under the carpet. Well, eventually it might be days, weeks, years, months. it, It could be decades. Eventually this carpet is going to start to rise up and you're going to trip over it. And that's what happens is when we are not vulnerable at some point, it will come to find you and you will have to deal with it. And these are when, you know, those kind of harder conversations happen. But number five on this of why we are not vulnerable is that you view it as a weakness. So many people view vulnerability as a weakness. And I'm going to tell you, it is a superpower. Me learning to become vulnerable in my life and on this podcast and on Instagram, it has honestly transformed my life. And I used to be someone that I thought if I was vulnerable, that people would judge me. And so I really, really resonate. And I feel you if this is you. And I'm, I'm really, I am here to say that vulnerability starts with you allowing yourself to feel the emotions, the shit, right? Sitting in the shit and then being able to express it. And I remember when I met my husband, I I read him something that I had put in my notes in 2019. And I said, I want to meet a man who is willing and wants to learn the deepest, darkest corners of my soul. That's deep, right? And that's true. I want to be able to share every single side of myself with partners and with friends. And I have, I have lost, when I say lost, this is also something we talk about in UTP that as you grow, you might outgrow things and people and places. And we've put it as a disclaimer in the program that as you grow, you will probably outgrow relationships, friendships, or partnerships. And this is something that I see because we tend to have relationships that are built on a false level of communication and intimacy. And as we kind of tear your take down, I would say the walls, and we start to understand, you know, in the first six months, one year, 
we all act on our best behavior. And then kind of the true colors come out. And then it's like, wait, who is this person? What? And if there's not vulnerability to go with that and the trauma that, you know, you will inevitably see from a partner or in a relationship, you will start to realize that the person is not who you thought they were. And something that I've had to kind of navigate is quote unquote, losing friendships. And what I've learned is that in my greatest moments in celebration and in my darkest days, I have had the friends that I've quote unquote lost have not been able to be there for both of them. And I want you to think about your life. Do you have people that only want to celebrate you when you're on top? Or do you have people that are only there for you when you're at the bottom? Or do you have people in friendships or partnerships that are, you know, that's kind of coasting in between? Because what you want is someone to be able to hold space for all of that. But here again is the key. You have to be willing to do that for yourself. So I want to talk about some consequences of not being vulnerable. I'm sure that you have felt this in your life and it's so sad to me because vulnerability is such a beautiful thing when you learn to do it. It takes practice though. Like all things in life, I'm here to tell you from Nikki Sharp to you, it takes practice. You are not going to be vulnerable day one and be like, all right, that's it. I did it. I feel amazing. It's going to feel sticky and icky and weird. And you're going to be like, wait, shit, is that person judging me? Oh, fuck. What did I just say? And that's when you can ask for feedback. That's when you can say, hey, I, you know, did I come across too strong or how did you receive that? So vulnerability leads to more questions, which is a beautiful thing. But consequences of not being vulnerable is that it blocks your own energy. Your own energy literally starts to become stagnant. So it blocks creativity. It blocks true connection and it actually creates intimacy blocks, meaning that, you, again, you keep people at this arm's distance and people with a fear of vulnerability become distancers and they use these well-honed methods to keep others away. So this is the avoidant attachment style, but people also become anxious attachment style without being vulnerable about vulnerable about things. And so it's kind of, it leads to both, but I want you to think about your own life. Do you numb? Do you distract? Do you become avoidant in relationships when there's a sticky or challenging moment? Do you disappear when someone else is vulnerable? Do you fight back? Like something that I've really had to learn in my relationship and working with an, an amazing therapist is I learned that here I am, Nikki Sharp, being like, yeah, I'm vulnerable. I share all these things. And then I, I was working with my therapist and then also with a business coach. And man, did I get schooled. Holy moly. I got, and I say this like humbly with so much love and gratefulness. I got schooled that what I thought I was doing and showing up in vulnerability was actually coming across as almost like I was teaching and like talking down to people. So I went back and, and what I would do with my business coach is we would watch videos of me teaching in, in UTP and he would give me feedback. And oh my God, I got like torn down in the best way possible. But this is part of vulnerability is again, being okay with these quote unquote negative emotions. Cause I'm feeling discomfort and I'm feeling like, Oh shit, he doesn't like me. And Oh my God. And quite the opposite my business coach leveled me up to 
places I can't even tell you. And the reason that he did this is because he cares. So him sharing these things about my videos and helping me, that is because he sees the potential in me. He wants me to get better. And so so often. And I remember the first time we had this conversation, me and the business coach, and he told me about this and he's like, yeah, Nikki, you're, you're kind of coming across bitchy and talking down to them. And I'm like, and here I am like on my high horse thinking I did so well. And of course it feels like shit in the moment, but part of vulnerability is being okay to sit with this again, sitting in the shit and being like, and I want you to write this question down and I want you to ponder this question. Could it be true? And so I sat with this from my, my business coach and I'm like, oh my God, Nikki, could it be true? And I watched the videos and now I, I can't watch these videos from two years ago because I've changed so much and I've become so vulnerable and more open and I become more open with myself. And part of the, the shift that happens when we become vulnerable is we stop the numbing and distracting. We stop pushing ourselves into work and, oh my God, I'm so busy. Like if you are a to-do lister, or you love using busyness like an award, like, oh, I have so many things to do today. You are distracting yourself from feeling. Feelings are at the core of being human. So the other aspect that I want to talk about with this, um, yeah, so please really, I hope you resonate and, and think and marinate with that. The sentence, could it be true? That will be one of the greatest sentences that you will ever ever here in your life, if you are willing to actually listen to the answer internally. And we fight with people when we know that the answer is true and we don't want to face it ourselves. That's where vulnerability starts with you. Now, I want to talk about masks. So as human beings, we put on different masks when we're around different people. I can already guarantee that you are not the same person when you go to work. You are not the same person when you're with your best friend. You are not the same person when you're with your lover or your partner, or you're not the same person when you're on a first date versus the day that you get married versus 10 years down the line. You are not the same person with your parents. And so we put on masks for all these different people. And eventually what happens is it gets exhausting and we forget which mask we're putting on for which person. And I really want you to think about this because when we put on masks, we are going into people pleasing mentality and people pleasing mentality is also victim consciousness because victim consciousness is I'm not going to be myself, right? I'm going to do things for other people or it's your fault, not mine. And so all of these concepts kind of like intertwine. But when we put on these masks, it means that you are not allowing your true authentic self to shine. Why do we do that? Because we are fucking terrified that we're going to be judged. And we are terrified that if I don't show up as this person in my relationship, that person's not going to like me. Now, here's the problem. When we do that and we don't show up in this way with our true self and eventually a mask comes off or your partner might be like, wait, who, who are who are you? Like, I'm, I'm confused because who you were when I met you is different to who you are now. You're showing me a different side of yourself, which is fine. I really want to make it known that who you are in the beginning of a relationship with any relationship, you are going to be different. We are all putting on our best foot forward. But the, the key idea that I really want you to sit with here is how long are you putting those masks on? 
how often and how many people are you putting these masks on with? And this was a really, oh my God, really hard concept for me to learn. But again, I promise that when you're willing to do this, people love the real you. So I had to learn to stop wearing all these different masks and just be me. So then you have to kind of sit with that question of, well, what does it mean to be me? Who, who am I? And that's why I love UTP so much because we get to the core essence of who you are as a person. And so lack of vulnerability really goes to you not knowing who you are. And so you become a different person to all these different people. And so no one knows the true you. And the thing is, if no one knows the true you, you don't know the true you. And that's where vulnerability starts with you getting clear on your own emotions, your feelings, and why. So I want to go through specific tips on how to be vulnerable. And then I'm going to answer some really, really good questions that I got from my audience about vulnerability. So how do you actually become vulnerable? Again, if it was so easy, everyone would be doing it, but it's not. And as you see, it's, there's all these like different layers that we kind of have to peel back. But number one, it starts with authenticity. Authenticity with yourself means being okay to learn the real you. What are your likes? What are your dislikes? What are your beliefs? And this is why you need to learn things like your values. What are your values when it comes to business? What are your values when it comes to relationships? What are your desires? What are your needs? And this is something that I've seen so often that, you know, people go into relationships with a expectation rather than breaking it down to say, this is an actual need I have. This is a non-negotiable but this other thing, this is just a desire that I have, right? I have a desire that you buy me flowers once a month. It's not a non-negotiable, right? Whereas a non-negotiable might be something like, I need to know if you're having a good or a bad day, right? Vulnerability. That might be a non-negotiable. So people don't get clear on wants, needs, desires, and getting to know yourself, writing down your beliefs, your belief systems about the world, about relationships, about, you know, how are you going to raise kids? This goes into your values. So getting to know yourself, and this starts when you drop the masks. Now, I'm not asking you to go to your work tomorrow or into your relationship and say, okay, mask is dropped. This is the real me, your partner or whoever's going to be like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> What I'm asking you to do is start to journal, start to meditate, start to settle the mind because the mind itself is going to tell you a whole bunch of shit all day, every day. The monkey mind is just and typically we're coming from a trauma response as human beings instead of from that true self. And and the trauma response is associated with the ego. But I really want you to slow down. And in that stillness, this is why we meditate. This is why we journal. This is why we get rid of the distractions. You start to ask yourself questions again. What do I believe about relationships? What do I need? What are my desires? Do I even have, do I have expectations about this person or this work? What are my boundaries when it comes to relationships? What are my boundaries for myself and why? So asking yourself what and why getting clear on values, this is going to help you learn the real you. And then the next part of it 
is dropping the mask with other people and using I statements, right? Getting clear on emotions and vulnerability. I want to point this out. So this is number two. Vulnerability is not about other people. It's not about someone else. It's about you. Vulnerability is you sharing, me sharing my own feelings. And it's not about projection. It's not about blame that someone else... like. Most people think that vulnerability is saying like, let's say your partner does something that pisses you off or you get triggered by and being like, you know, I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you all these things that you did. No, that's not vulnerability. Vulnerability starts with feelings, I statements. And so I highly, highly, highly recommend going and checking out the emotional wheel. You can just put that into Google, pull it up, have it on your phone. So whenever my partner and I get into a crunchy moment about anything, we take a time out. I go to my room, I do some breath work, some deep breathing. I close my eyes, I might journal, and then I pull out the emotional wheel and I'm like, all right, what am I feeling right now? And instead of trying to hide from the uncomfortable emotion, right, of overwhelm or stress or anger, because here's the thing they might not have even been caused by my partner. I might be almost in reaction because of something that happened earlier in the day. So that's why vulnerability starts with emotion. So the emotional wheel, I cannot recommend it enough. So I want you to also get clear on why you're feeling that emotion. So this is getting to know yourself and this is authenticity. So it's not just saying, okay, I'm joyful. I'm happy. I want you to ask yourself, why? Are you joyful? Why are you happy? So this is a great thing to journal. What am I feeling today? Take out the emotional wheel and you write down and you say, I am feeling overwhelmed. Okay. Why? And put that below. I am feeling overwhelmed because X, Y, Z, right? Or I am feeling sad today or I am, I am fearful. Okay. Why? So getting clear on what is the feeling And why do you think it's coming up? So now we're becoming a little bit of a detective. And notice, this has nothing to do with anyone else. This is you becoming vulnerable and authentic within yourself. And I want you to remember that all emotions are good. We classify, you know, stress and overwhelm and things like that as quote unquote bad. And then we numb and hide and distract and drink and binge and buy things. We travel we throw ourselves into our to-do list all to avoid these discomfort or the uncomfortable feelings. And I really want you to know that when you allow yourself to start feeling them, sitting in the shit and being like, wow, I feel really angry today. And you sit with that, it will start to pass and it will pass quicker and quicker. And this was something that I had to learn And oh my God, it's hard. It is hard to really, really learn and practice this. But I can tell you, if you can try to think about emotions like clouds, because what happens is what we do is we hang on to emotions like it's a cloud that's never leaving. But if you look at the sky, clouds are passing all day long. So we will hold on to sadness or anger or resentment or whatever it is. And we literally create like this storm over us. And then we hold on to it and we grasp it. And even when the the cloud has gone, it's like we're still holding on to it. And another analogy, I, I love analogies, is it's like holding an ice cube. So when you when you have an emotion, especially a negative emotion, what happens is it's like holding on to an ice cube and you're clenching your fist around it. And the ice cube has melted, but you're still clenching your fist. 
So what happens with this is we don't let go of the emotion, both good and bad, because people don't want to let go of quote unquote good emotions. And then they cling on to quote unquote bad emotions. So learning to just sit in the emotional experience, this is again, why meditation is so good. So you can just watch your thoughts pass like clouds. So number three on this is asking for what you want, sharing your needs or desires. And the other person has the opportunity to say, yes, I can do that. And if the answer is no, I can't do that, it needs to be framed with a positive alternative. So if I'm being vulnerable and I say, hey, you know, to my husband, hey, baby, I'm, I'm feeling really scared right now. Would you mind when you come home from work, would you mind just holding space and let me talk for a few? I, I don't know. It might be five minutes. It might be two hours. I don't know. I just I'm feeling sad and I feel like I need to get this off my chest. My husband has the opportunity and this is vulnerability. This is, you know, conscious communication to come back to me and say, you know what, babe, I, I'm so sorry that you're feeling that. I can't, I, I really, I've had a stressful day. I don't think I have the capacity to do two hours, but let me tell you what, I will be there a hundred percent in full presence for 20 minutes. Okay. Does that work for you? And do you notice that in that exchange, I have shared vulnerably how I'm feeling and, and a request, a desire. And he has said, you know, hey, I, I, I can't show up for that long, but I could do this. And then I can either say, you know, hey, I really feel like I might need more time than that. So maybe maybe I can share tomorrow or I accept what he's given me. And so that's that's what happens when you start to become vulnerable and share and sharing desires and wants and needs starting with I, I statements and, and positive requests. So I really hope that this has resonated so far with you. It's such a powerful topic. And I've, I've wanted to do this podcast for so long, but it, it felt like the right moment. So right now, I wanted to do a few questions from the community. So question number one, I would love to hear how being vulnerable has changed your life. Like what were you what were you like before what doors have opened since you live an authentic and vulnerable life what obstacles have you encountered during this process and how have you overcome them okay so that's a, a few different questions in one so i'll kind of break it down um how being vulnerable has changed my life oh my god my life is radiant magnificent now and it starts with me because i'm vulnerable with myself that i allow myself to feel things instead of numbing, instead of distracting, you know, instead of being to-do lister, I, I am a recovering to-do lister. Um, it has transformed the relationship with myself, with my body. I no longer live in a state of stress. I don't worry about what people think. I, I call it the, um, zero fucks given mentality, meaning that I am filling my cup up so much. And that starts with really getting to know who I am, what I need. And then when my cup is full and it's overflowing, I'm like, I don't really care what you think of me in this because I know I'm showing up with love. And I actually have a tattoo on my wrist and it's of a heart. And I have this here and it is a reminder because it's pointing outwards. And for me, this is, I must fill my love tank first. And then it's the reminder of do all things with love. So the zero fucks given mentality really came from fill my cup up first, do all things with love. And then if you don't like me, I don't really care because I have shown up as my true best self. Now, here's the thing. There are times where I am not my best self and 
I'm no longer striving for perfection. But here's the cool thing with vulnerability. I can now say, oh, damn, babe, like to my husband, for example, or to friends, like, I am sorry, I was kind of bitchy, witchy, right? Or I can take I can take accountability really, really quickly now because that's the ego death. Um, so I would say within the context of like how it's changed my life, my business has dramatically been impacted positively. I am calling in energetically more clients, more aligned clients. I am making more money than I ever have. My coaching just keeps getting better. And because of that, my clients keep seeing even more insane results. Like I thought UTP was good a few years ago. It This round is going to be the most mind-blowing round that we've ever had. And that's because I'm showing up with more vulnerability. So what was I like before? I was probably like you, if you're listening to this right now, I was having a hard time sharing my true self because I was scared of judgment of what people would think if they wouldn't like me. I, I mean, we all want to be liked. And I think learning to like myself is where the authenticity started, which allowed me to be vulnerable. I fucking love who I am. And I say that because I am so raw and honest with myself that if there is something that I don't like, I'm able to sit with myself and be like, oh, hey, Nikki girl, why are we doing that? Why do you think you're doing that right now? Let's let's become a little detective. Let's become an investigator. So I no longer have the monkey mind spiral, like the negative self-talk. It just it doesn't exist for me anymore. And that's part of the tools that I teach in UTP. So prior to learning to be vulnerable and authentic, I did not like myself. I was always trying to be someone that I wasn't. And honestly, I can say, being me, I have called forth and called into the most incredible relationships. I have quote unquote lost some friendships and in replacement, oh my God, my cup is so full with, with support and my clients are the fucking best. I love them. I feel so connected to my clients and to my community and those who do UTP, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I would say, yeah, what doors have opened uh, since you live an authentic, vulnerable life? As I said, my friendships are off the charts. I have friends from literally all over the world. I could call up any single person that I know and say, hey, you know, I'm going to Australia. I have friends there. Or I could say, hey, I'm going to New Zealand. And I know friends of friends by proxy. So I'm always calling in amazing people. I get I have the most mind-blowing, beautiful conversations with people because I'm open and I ask questions and I'm authentic. And because I take responsibility and accountability also really quick, like I might be stressed and overwhelmed and get on a plane and get just irritated and be kind of like bitchy to the flight attendant. I will go up to her later and be like, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do that or say that. Or I might, if I if I don't necessarily apologize, I will just completely shift gears and start to be very polite and kind. But something that I've learned is that when those in my life are not vulnerable or they are not being authentic, it actually propels me even forward more to be vulnerable and authentic. So it's a, been a really beautiful journey. It, it's been tough. I'm not going to lie. It's been tough. But each and every day, I I learn who I am more and more and my wants and needs and desires. And my God, I I can really just say like, I feel so free. I think that's a good word to actually put it. I feel so ridiculously free and good and happy in my life, even when there's not as much happiness, right? So like I'm sitting in the shit really hardcore right now. 
And I'm still like, wow, I love myself and I love my life. Um, what obstacles have I encountered during the process and how have I overcome them? I would say that one of the hardest things is when you think you know someone relationship-wise, and then you realize that they've been put in on masks and you realize that you didn't really know this person. And that's what I say, you know, relationships might end. And I've had friendships where this has become the case. And that is hard because we all hold on to this idea of the person that we think we know. And when the mask comes down, it you're kind of like, wait, what's the real you? Like, is the real you the one that was wearing the mask or the one that I'm seeing now? And so I would say obstacle wise, like that is a really, really big challenge. Um, and I would also add to that, that an obstacle that I've faced is that I numbed and distracted for so many years, right? I, I had eating disorders. I was busy. I was in my masculine and that's, it, that's challenging because it drains you eventually, right? And you don't have the results you want. So that's what happens if you are not vulnerable. I, I can definitely tell you that you do not get the results that you want in your life in any capacity. So this is a great question. Being vulnerable in the office and professional space and tips on overcoming the fear of being vulnerable, i.e. judge. So when it comes to vulnerability in the office, I think that the office is different than friendships. I don't think everyone in your office needs to know who you are. And this is something that I learned and it has resonated so freaking deeply that not everyone needs to know the real me, the true me, the core essence of who Nikki Sharp is, and not everyone deserves to. And I really want you to let that sink in, that not everyone needs to know you and not everyone deserves to. And boy, oh boy, is this something that I have learned because, and I'm going to come to this question specifically, but I have really learned that by trying to be vulnerable with people, if they are not willing to be vulnerable with themselves, they cannot accept your vulnerability. Meaning if someone is not being authentic with who they truly are and they're putting on masks or you show up and you're vulnerable and they can't handle it, they don't deserve to get your vulnerability. They don't deserve to get to see you because the real you, that authentic you is precious and not everyone in your life is going to get to deserve that. And this is something that I have really battled for this past year with people in my life of me sharing and opening up and being so radically vulnerable and not being met. And not only that, being kind of judged and criticized. And of course, all my own trauma and childhood wounds and things like that came up with it. And then I started to realize, you know what? I don't actually like these people anyways. I don't like who they are because they're not being themselves. And that's not who I want to spend my time with. And that was such an amazing realization for me. So I want to come back to the office. You don't need to show the full sides of yourself in the office. It is a place where you are going to put on a little bit of a mask. I'm very aware of that. Now, vulnerability though it's the power of how I'm feeling. So let's say you go to your boss and you are just, oh my God, you're overwhelmed. You're stressed. You can't handle it. Vulnerability would be going to your boss and saying, hey, I'm feeling really overwhelmed with the amount of work right now. I wanted to see if there's something that we can do because I want to show up as best I can. That's vulnerability. Vulnerability 
is not sitting there and gossiping and talking and sharing every little detail about your life. Vulnerability starts with feelings and you don't need to sit there and share every part of you. Again, not everyone deserves that. People need to work their way to get to know the magic of you, but you need to get to know yourself. So another question, my former boss had zero boundaries and seemed to look at me as her therapist. That's on me for not being more clear with my own boundaries initially. But I am a person who likes to be an open book. And I imagine that can be tough in most workplaces. Again, sort of same question. I'd love to hear how you felt also immediately after sharing, you know, being vulnerable. Do you feel relief or regret or relief or something else entirely? So again, when it comes to the workplace, this is where boundaries are going to be so important, but you're not going to know your boundaries unless you get to know yourself and getting to know yourself is what am I feeling? Why am I do like, why do I feel this? Or what's my boundary? Why is this my boundary? I have so many boundaries in my life now, but here's the cool thing about a boundary. It doesn't affect anyone else. It affects me. I do things for me because it's my own little box and not setting boundaries or breaking them. It is, I want you to think about a, a house, right? You have four walls and you have windows and doors, not allowing yourself to stick with your boundaries is essentially like saying, you know what? I'm going to keep all my doors and windows open and you can just walk in and out whenever you want. But then I'm going to get mad at you when you come in because I didn't want you to actually come in at that moment. That's what, that's like the analogy of if you don't stick to your own boundaries, other people will respect your boundaries, but you have to respect them yourself. So that's really, you know, boundaries is a, a whole nother conversation that we can have. Um, and I, I would even in this go to your boss and say, Hey, you know, again, how do I feel? Take the emotional wheel. I feel a, a little uncomfortable when you share this with me. I know this is not your intention to make me feel this way. I just want to let you know, I feel a little weird because I, I don't know our, you know, our, our relationship, if you want to go deeper or not, but I just, I wanted to kind of set some boundaries on. So that would be a vulnerable conversation and notice that I'm saying it with, it's like the way that I'm talking, I'm not going in in, with that example of being like, Hey, you can't do this. No, that's not a boundary. Boundary is not what someone else can do. It's what you are willing to accept for yourself. So the second part of this question, how do you feel after sharing vulnerably? Do you feel re relief or regret or then something else? Oh, you know, being vulnerable is scary at times. It might make you feel sticky in the moment, right? As I talked about before, your body might clench up. There are times where I have not felt good. And I, I have been so radically vulnerable this week as I record this podcast. Um, and it sucks. And I, I felt awful inside. But after I shared, I felt a sense of freedom. And if you're sharing I feelings, it should feel relief. It should feel like you're taking a weight off of you. So if you're feeling regret, then my guess is you're not it, one, you need to practice vulnerability more, but getting vulnerable with yourself in your journal, it's that's going to be really helpful. But two, it, it should feel relief for sure. Um, how do you so this is kind of two different questions. I mean, two people said sort of the same question, but how do you distinguish who to be vulnerable with? And then when we're vulnerable and sharing and others might be offended or triggered, um, and now you've set up a wall, what do you do? Okay. So how do I distinguish who to be vulnerable with? Honestly, 
I'm personally just vulnerable with everyone. I, and I don't, I want you to think about vulnerability on a spectrum and a scale. What I had said kind of in the beginning of like, I want a partner who is willing to go into the depths and darkest corners of my soul that person's going to get 100, 100 out of 100 of vulnerability from me. I'm going to share my fears, my beliefs, my dreams, my wants, my everything. Now, if I just meet you on the street, I'm probably not going to share all of those right away. So vulnerability really starts with you sharing and listening, listening to what the other person is saying. You can tell a hell of a lot if a person is vulnerable just by listening. And I always offer pieces about myself. Now, I'm, I'm, I would say like yesterday, I was actually at the pool and there were these two really sweet girls and I was asking questions and they were kind of sharing and I could tell it was very surface level and they didn't ask me any questions back. And I went back to reading and then eventually later we kind of chatted again. And because I was listening, active listening, I was able to know that they weren't going to be able to handle me being quote unquote vulnerable in that moment. So I always kind of lean in and I watch and I feel and I feel energy and it takes practice, right? I do this for a living though. So I, I can bring vulnerability out pretty quick, but it has absolutely come to bite me in the ass where I have been vulnerable at times or sharing things or other, like people get really vulnerable with me. You would not believe People, my clients share things with me that I don't think they've ever told other people, even their therapists. I've had that happen quite often where they say that to me. And it's interesting that when someone is vulnerable and that question of like, how do you feel? It's actually then come, come, I would say almost like full circle in a sense where that, that person gets mad at me later, like as if I've done something wrong. And that's because they're afraid of their own vulnerability. Why? Because they're afraid that I'm going to judge them. I don't judge people who are vulnerable. You will never get more respect from me if you're vulnerable. This is why I love UTP, why I love my clients, because holy shit, do we go deep. Um, and kind of the last question here is, if we're vulnerable on sharing and others get triggered and offended by our vulnerability, and then you set up a wall, what do you do? Well, first off, don't, don't set up a wall because now you're blocking intimacy. If someone else gets triggered and doesn't clarify or ask or tell you, they are already sabotaging the relationship. They are putting up intimacy blocks. So the vulnerability piece can go in and say, hey, you know, I'd really like to co-create an experience tonight. Or I'd really like to understand, like, what are you feeling right now? I, I, And this is a conversation I've had to have with my husband at times. Like, he might be stressed from work. And then I feel like he's mad at me. And, and I'll go in and be like, hey, babe, I, I just... I want to know what you're feeling right now because I, I feel like I did something wrong and I don't know what it is that like what you're upset about. That's vulnerability. That's opening the conversation and it's up to him whether he is going to lean in or if there's an intimacy block there and he leans out. So don't put up a wall. Don't do that. It's not good for intimacy. So I would love to hear your thoughts, views, opinions um, about this topic, the vulnerability piece. We definitely jammed for a little bit longer. I thought this was going to be like a 20-minute podcast episode. But I hope that you enjoyed it. And I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts on it. As always, if you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review and 
tell me what you're enjoying about it. Tell me topics that you want me to talk about. And if you resonated with this, please share it, send it to a friend or a family member. Or if you're trying to tell someone like, Hey, you know, here's a little nudge, be more vulnerable. And also, you know, with yourself, be more vulnerable. Um, that would mean a lot. And until next week, my loves, here's to a sharper life.